Barbarians of Rome. Neolithic Europe, Part 1, Background. Now, from a purely technical point of view, the term Neolithic refers to a new type of technique in the manufacture of stone implements and weapons. This is the technique of polishing. It was new, however, only in the sense of general application to flint and other kinds of stone. The technique of polishing had already been used in the Mesolithic period in the making of bone and horn implements. But Neolithic, in addition, means New Stone Age, can also be used to describe a way of life. This new way was called the Neolithic Revolution. From the earliest time down to the beginning of the Neolithic period, man was a hunter or a fisher and a food gatherer. His only attempts at increasing his food supply was by the use of magic and ritual. The change from food gathering to food producing was perhaps the most important milestone in the history of human culture. It has completely changed the course of history. The domestication of food plants and animals placed a much greater emphasis upon sedentary community life. It brought about the embellishment of agricultural villages, possibility of a store of surplus food, a greater division in labor, and the formation of classes. The possibility of food storage against the future lack involved individual and social responsibilities, which had not previously been so pronounced. It also brought a radical change in diet. The consumption of cereal grains reduced the amount of meat which was required. There was a rapid development in the art of pottery making, in part because of the necessity of storage facilities and in part because of the needs of a sedentary life. Food surpluses led to trade, to exchange of food commodities with or other goods from the outside or raw materials. This trade required transportation, either by using domesticated animals as beasts of burden or by the development of water transport in addition to human carriers. Surplus commodities and trade usually involve some system of records, though this may not have been the reason for the invention of written symbols. It was certainly an important factor in the development for practical use. With a plentiful food supply, there was a rapid increase in population. In many areas, this meant expansion to virgin soil. A migration of agricultural populations, sometimes of a peaceful nature, sometimes warlike. Race and language mixtures also took place. Food production is so intimately associated with the soil that fertility cults such as the Earth Mother were a natural byproduct. Priests, temples, and rituals soon followed. The ability to make astronomical calculations to determine the proper season for the cult rituals and the favorable period for agricultural operations increased the power of the keepers of the temples and kept the agriculturalists dependent upon them. Out of the worship of the Earth Mother and the Sky God, there developed a great variety of local burial customs, great stone monuments, places of sacrifice and worship, and a widespread cult of the dead. Eventually, with more advanced weapons and techniques, came the formation of city, states, and empires. Man had then reached the stage of organized war. Prior to this time, wars had been a tribal nature, motivated by personal quarrels, disputes over hunting grounds, and of course, women. It should be kept in mind that most of these revolutionary changes had become an integral part of the lives of the people of Egypt and the Near East before Europe had emerged from the mists of the Mesolithic and probably also in China as well. The beginnings of food production in the river valley of the Nile and the valleys of the Fertile Crescent can be placed about 6,000 BCE. That is 3,000 years earlier than the beginning of the Neolithic period in northern Europe. The first accurate calendar was established in Egypt, 4236 to 4241 BCE. 
and there were agricultural communities long before that. By that time, imperialism was already flourishing, taking land. It is generally accepted that the first knowledge of agriculture was either in Mesopotamia or in Egypt, or both, or in China. Hoe and garden methods were undoubtedly the earliest. As there was no knowledge of fertilizers and little understanding of soil conservation, there would be expansion with the exhaustion of the soil and increase in population. Apart from such regions as the Nile and the Fertile Crescent, where there is either natural irrigation or where artificial irrigation is technically fairly simple to do, there must have been a steady movement of agriculturalists seeking new land. Any migration from the Near East into Eastern Europe would be associated with the westward advance of the Mediterranean type of man, with some alpine mixture. This conclusion corresponds to the available anthropological data. These agriculturalists mixed with and absorbed the food-gathering peoples among those that came and taught them the art of cereal production and domestication of animals. In southeastern Europe, the direction of the new cultural movement was around the Caspian Sea and westward north of the Black Sea to the Danube and then up that river following the distribution of the loess deposits which make favorable agricultural soil. The new economy finally reached the Rhine and North German Plain. It seems clear, however, that the western and part of northern Europe also received the knowledge of agriculture from the southwest as a result of cultural dissemination and also some migration along the Atlantic littoral in association with the northward expansion of the Mediterranean type of people in Spain, France, and Great Britain. It is reasonably certain that most of the cultures of the Neolithic Europe had an agricultural basis by 2500 BCE perhaps by 3000 BCE in southeastern Europe. The emphasis upon grain cultivation or stock raising would vary in accordance with the condition and, of course, the climate. Now, next time we're going to look at the different groups that are associated with it, the different types of culture, such as banded pottery, Western European, Swiss lake dwelling culture, and things like that. And, of course, there are a couple of odd things. The area from the Caspian Sea to the Danube over the north of the Black Sea, the Uxine, as the Greeks called it, that's where you found the steppe people, where you would have people who were farmers living in villages, and you'd also have the nomadic horsemen of the steppe. They worked together. The, the steppe people hunted and fished and did other things, and then they purchased grain from the people who were the farmers. So they could still travel around nomadically, but still have a place to find food. And of course, they would then defend those people. So you have some very intricate relations between farmers and nomads in the steppe region that goes on beyond Alexander the Great's time. So we'll eventually get to that a little later on. Now the sources for this, the Germanic people, their origin, expansion, and culture by Owen, civilization of the Celts by Lonay, Civilization of the Steps by Conrad. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise. And if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.